Blog Talk Radio. George Command, if anybody was looking for me on Saturday, I kind of switched my schedule around a little bit. So I've decided well, I'm going to still be on three days a week for a half hour each day, but on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I thought, ah, those are good days. Yeah, easy to, easy to do, right? I don't want to be on every day. I got other things to do, run around and do stuff, do a little bit of talking to clients on the telephone, which is always kind of fun, depending on the situation, right? Depending on the problem, yes. No, I... I love people. People are cool. All of you guys. All of you. I see I have a caller. Let me set up the show and what I'm talking about today because I want to spend a lot of time on this particular topic. The topic is about love versus fear. And I was going to ask this question of everybody. And I have a really great article about five types of fears. So I'm going to get into that in a little while. But what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I, I asked some of my Facebook friends that same thing. What are you afraid of? I, I know what I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of being alone, not finding a soulmate. Okay, I'll throw that out there real quick. So, you know, being alone, not being having a soulmate, not finishing the rest of the journey with somebody that I feel totally connected with. Okay, and then the second one, I guess my second fear is not completing my mission in life. Okay, not 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 making a mark on the world. I know I'm older. And, yeah, like, why do you still want to do that? Why don't you go? No, I, I still think that's really valuable and important. So I asked my spirit guides, well, what is that? What is my mission? I mean, I, my higher self, my spirit guides, just kind of give me some insights. And it really comes goes back to one concept, one idea, that it's healing the planet with love. Love energy, the divine love energy. Talking about love, not romantic love, but love that we have. There's, in, you know, in the Greek, in the Bible, it talks about five different types of love. And then there's the brotherly love, philia, the, the brotherly love, and eros, which is the romantic sexual love. And there's agape, which is a principled love, love of God, love of humanity, Right. And what are the other ones? Oh, I don't know. There's a couple other ones. Oh, yeah. Family, friends, family, erotic or sexual love. Then there's, oh, I don't know. But I wasn't even prepared to talk about that today. So, But the different types of love. So we'll get into that. So my, my mission in life is to spread love. Love is the healing energy for the planet. So we'll talk about that. But more, I wanted to talk about fear, and what are you afraid of? I told you mine. So if I take a caller, because I have a caller on the line, I want to know what you're afraid of. And there's a really interesting article that I'm going to get into, but I also want to talk about six definitions of love. I think it's really valuable, too. Yeah, this show's about that. I, I do talk to dead people. And if there's a message from somebody who's in the, other, in the non-physical world, let's just sort of get our definitions correct. They're in the non-physical world. They're in their spirit home. Let's just put it that way. Okay? So I'll take a call. I'm going to jump into these articles and talk more about love versus fear. Because there's two ends of the spectrum. I know I'm rattling on and on. I do this all the time. There's love on one end of the spectrum, which is made up of joy and kindness and all of these 
great qualities. And then kind of down the spectrum is a little bit is hope. But hope leads to love. Hope leads to freedom. Hope leads to these things. So, and then at the other end of the spectrum, now I'm asking the question of everybody that jumps on and wants to talk for a minute or two, only a minute or two, what do you fear? Because fear is on the other end of the spectrum. And there's a lot of different kinds of fears, and we'll talk more about it. So I'm wondering if you're aligning yourself with the fears that I'm going to get into in the definition. So I'll take a call, 770, and then 914. You're on hold, but this is going to be very brief, if you don't mind, because I really want to jump into these articles. So Hello, Hello, this is Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Real quick, what are you afraid of? That's what I'm talking oh, about. I think I'm afraid of that people are going too overboard with the fear of the viruses. No, that's your personal fear? Yeah. Okay, so I don't define that a little bit more, and I don't want to get too deep into that. I'm only going to give you a couple minutes at the most. I really want to jump into this article. So how does that affect, how does that fear affect you personally? It makes me sad that people are afraid of each other, afraid of of, of uh, okay. community, you know? And okay. it, it does. It makes me sad. How do you change it? Or do you? you isolate yourself? Well, I, what I try to do is I try to smile at them and tell okay. them, hi, don't worry. And uh, that's what I try to do, you know? Uh, because I think it's blown out of proportion. You do. I may disagree yes, with you, but that everybody has allowed their opinion on it. I think some people just don't take it seriously, but that's where I live. Well, I, I come from a medical background myself, you know, and I, what I believe a lot of it is is a lot of the nursing people – Elderly people are being exposed by by people that are younger that don't understand how to be clean. Right. Well, I agree with that. Right. Well, I'm gonna. I I don't want to spend a lot of time in this. I really want to jump into these articles and talk a little bit more fear and and the other opposite end of the spectrum. So in your case, if you show love to people, you're 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 basically neutralizing your own fear by expressing love and loving kindness towards people, correct? Even a smile is an act of loving kindness. Correct. So I'll let you go because I really want to jump into this, but I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. Sure. So that's an interesting fear. I've never, well, we're going to get into, I'm going to jump into the article about fear first, and then I'm going to get into the article uh, the gentleman, it's from the articles from the Coaching Tools Company, so for coaching. And the gentleman, Dr. Albrecht, Brecht, uh, five types of fear. Now, I don't. Well, let me see if I can find a little bit more on Dr. Albrecht. Right. Nope, I can't. Sorry. Well, yeah, I can agree or disagree, but I thought it was an interesting article. Sometimes they give me a little bit of the history of the uh, writer, but who wrote this article just gives me who posted the article, which doesn't help me a lot in this particular case. But let's get into the different fears. Extinction. Five types of fears. The fear of annihilation. Annihilation. Ooh, can't say that word. Ceasing to exist. More than just a fear of death, how we might die. It strikes at the very heart of our fear 
and simply no longer be, okay? Now, examples of triggers would be the dark, flying, heights, and fatal Ill diseases. Now, I, I, yeah, that would create a lot of it. Now, heights are part of my fear, but I'm getting used to it. I'm getting better at heights. I really am, okay? Mutilation or body invasion. That's an interesting fear. What do you think about that? Let me just kind of go through the highlights of this one. The fear of losing part of our body, having our body boundaries invaded. Now, body boundaries is a different way of putting it. Or losing natural function. This would be fear when we physically unsafe or under attack. Examples of this. In this pot would fall our anxieties about creepy crawlies like spiders or snakes. I don't like snakes. So I can see, you know, I see these pictures from South America where these pythons will start to swallow person, you know, will come up a person's leg. And I'm going, oh, I'm grossed out. I'm grossed out. So that, that's, an, you know, or animals like dogs or sharks. Yeah, that would be like mutilation. A shark would be, wouldn't it? Another one, and they goes on, any animals you believe to be harmful. It could be spiders, right? They're going to invade my body and come out of my nose. Ah, no, don't let it happen. Okay, so I know I'm making light of it a little bit, but yeah, you've got to keep your sense of humor going, don't you? I think so. Also, anxiety about crowds, needles, germs, and surgical procedures, or having to take a trip to the dentist. Anything that seems to invade your body like needles, but I'm not afraid of needles. I just don't like them, right? What about you? You like just like needles or germs, germophobics. I have a little bit on that, you know, but I read an interesting, watched an interesting article about our immune systems. And there are quite a few people writing about our immune system, how the bacteria on our body, we have millions of bacteria and we take into our immune system every day, which kind of, which helps us thwart off serious illness. So kids playing in the mud, ooh, it's germs. No, those germs are good for you because you build your immune system. Now, I know there's examples of things to avoid, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, in our day-to-day -day lives, we do take on bacteria constantly into our lives, which builds our immune system. You know, if you live in an isolated environment in a bubble you would have a difficult time in reality because you wouldn't have the immune system. Oh, I'm giving you the opposite. So love your body. Your body takes care of you. I guess we'll get into the word love, but how to love your body. That's really important. Knowing that your body, that your immune system, that you love your body enough to build your immune system and do whatever it takes to build your immune system, what you eat, what you drink, what you do, you know, avoiding the things that, uh, Destroy your immune system. And so think about that. And look that up. There's some interesting articles on what destroys your immune system, right? Okay, last of, loss of autonomy is the next one in this list. I thought this was an interesting list. Of course, this doesn't take in all fears, but it's a nice article. Fear of being restricted, confined, trapped, suffocated, as Dr. Albright says. It's a fear of being immobilized, paralyzed, restricted, Enveloped, overwhelmed, entrapped, imprisoned, smothered, or otherwise controlled by circumstances beyond our control. Now, this could be a physical fear. When it's a physical fear, it's called claustrophobia. But our fear of being smothered, restricted, unable to take care of ourselves or depend on others can also apply to situations in our lives and our relationships. 
the fear of being smothered by a relationship. And I hear that all the time in relationship coaching, right? I feel so smothered by this person. They dominate my life, okay? They control me. Well, that's that fear of autonomy. That person wants to control you. Okay, examples of triggers included commitment. Oh, I like that one, commitment. And only how often I hear the word commitment. He's afraid of commitment. And that's more he's afraid of commitment. Well, maybe he's afraid of a loss of autonomy. If he gets into a relationship or she, you know, I'm not going to believe it, just that guy's males, but afraid of, afraid of commitment, the fear of autonomy, loss of autonomy, poverty, de- debilitating illness, aging, in addition to situations where we feel helpless or powerless. For example, at work, your boss tells you to do something you don't know what to do and refuses to discuss it with you. That was kind of like, oh, you ever had that experience at work? Do this. I'm not familiar. Well, I'll just do it. Okay. And then you're criticized if you don't do it right, right? And when you have to do, do it or lose your job, it's, it feels like it feels it fe- leaves you feeling trapped or helpless. Most parents also fear the time from time, overwhelmed, trapped, and restricted because they have a responsibility that they can't give it up, can't give up. Right now, I guess we would say the loss of autonomy. We can't get out. We're stuck in our homes. You know, you got this fear of this germ that's going to get us, this virus is going to, and so we're trapped. We're we're confined. We're we're suffocated by our situation. That's the loss of autonomy. Think about it. So a lot of it. How do you overcome that? Show love. Show love to yourself. Show love to others. Communicate love. Communicate kindness. Like the caller said, Doing acts of kindness, even when you're feeling overwhelmed by this situation and feeling like, I lost my autonomy, you can still do acts of kindness towards others. Not so much physically, touch-to-touch, but you can do it other ways. So think about that. Number four, separation, abandonment, or rejection. Let me see how I'm doing here. Oh, I have a caller. Um, I'm going to get through this article about fear, and if you want to hang on for a minute... The question I'm asking people today is, what are you afraid of? And I'm giving you this whole list of things, so you can just kind of refer back to these if you want. And we'll talk about love more, because love is the other end of the spectrum, and that's what I like to talk about. Separation, abandonment, or rejection. The fear of abandonment, rejection. We humans have a strong need to belong. This is my greatest, biggest fear from a young age. This is the author of this article. I have a fear of upsetting people or fear of being rejected or abandoned. How many of us have that one? That's a, that's a biggie, isn't it? Fear of rejection. I know when my, my father died when I was really young, so I could say that my fear, I was rejected. I was rejected by family members, right? Ooh, you know, so when you get into a relationship, when you get into a relationship, do you have a fear of abandonment from that relationship? Okay, let me read the rest of the article. I was visual floating alone on outer space, never see another human being again from an evolutionary perspective. When an early, early human was kicked out of his tribe, they likely would have died. Okay, Dr. Albright refers to the loss of connectedness, of becoming non-person, not wanted, respected or valued by anyone else, which literally threats 
our well-being and our survival. How many young people do we hear about that commit suicide because they're not part of the in crowd? They're they're rejected by their peers and helping buy guns and go. They've been rejected. I'm going to retaliate. Right? They run into schools with a gun because they've been rejected. There's this fear of that and how it plays itself out based on fear. Okay. Triggers include. When a relationship ends, friendship, divorce, or death of a loved one. Sometimes when a relationship ends, we lose an extended set of friends to increasingly that loss to increasing that loss of connectedness. The type of fear can be triggered when a relationship deepens and they experience vulnerability. What happens if that that person I rely on leaves me? So a fear of intimacy. An argument or disagreement with someone important to us at home or at work also have you triggered that when someone ignores us or gives us the silent treatment that often feels worse than being yelled at. So it's that separation, that's a rejection by others. And it can be in really small places, right? It doesn't have to be the big rejection. It can be the little rejections. That's what we fear. And sometimes we'll do a lot to avoid it. How do you overcome it? We're going to talk about love. How does love overcome it? Well, where one thing, love is not jealous. And there's a whole biblical discussion on love, and I'm not going to get into that right now. But one rejection, but jealousy, if you, if, you, if you can, love isn't jealous. So love lets things go. Love doesn't hold on to things. Love doesn't have expectations. We'll talk more about that. That's, that's a cool thing. So if you if you love yourself and you love the situation is you're not going to have a lot of expectations. Oh, let's let's move on to number five: humiliation, shame, or worthlessness. Uh, ego death is what it's called. We need to feel lovable, worthy of love, and the value in the world order to have healthy relationships with others and with ourselves. Shame can be excruciating feeling. It's something many of us will go great lengths to avoid. Not only can it leave us feeling physically weak, can make our skin crawl or flush in extremes, gives us grabbing, stabbing pains. We want to crawl into a hole and disappear. What do you think about that? That's pretty heavy stuff. Just the idea of shame. Okay, failure, criticism, bullying, victimization, mistakes, public speaking. I like that, public speaking. That's one of the things I'm good at. Okay, that's cool. I don't. I like to get out there in front of people. So that's one area that I enjoy, but mistakes. What happens? Now, we're trained sometimes by our environment to be shamed by making mistakes when we make mistakes. The mistakes are not a learning process. So you're a failure. You're a loser if you made a mistake. Where the reverse is, if somebody's showing you love, it's, it's a lesson. It's a learning process. Love indicates, well, you made a mistake. We'll learn from it. We'll, we'll move forward. We'll learn not to do it again. We'll, we'll progress, right? Bullying. Ooh, that's a tough one. Love is tough, but you can show love to bullying, bullying, bullies, right? Okay, but feelings of shame and worthlessness are often triggered by an expectation, judgment, or criticism from others from ourselves or others. When we messed up losing one's job or we left our home unlocked or got burglarized. So, yeah, it's shame. You make mistakes. See, it's taking a mistake and blowing it way out of proportion. Way out of proportion. 
you know, sometimes you learn from it. But mistakes are learning process. You know, the Bible talks about sin, and sin is missing the mark, and it comes from the target of missing the center of the mark. So sin is nothing more than making a mistake. You get to practice again. Well, you missed it the first time. Let's try it again, right? Let's try it again. Let's try doing that again. So that's the thoughts on fear. I mean, everybody's got some of those fears, don't they? Well, let's talk about love, the opposite end. Okay, love. Now, this, this article from Lifehack is more about relationships, but I think you can take this basic principles and apply it to other aspects of love, where love is never rushing into relationships. Now, that's interesting. Whatever kind of relationship it is, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a work relationship. Giving yourself, give time to yourself and your partner. Take things slow. Know their likes and dislikes. Now, you can even be, when you're working with a client, like in sales, or working with a client, what I do, it's learning more about the person before spirit comments on what's going on. That's showing love, not assuming, not assuming you know everything. Analyze that you would be willing to share a common bond in the following years, or you build a relationship. Whatever kind of relationship is, you're willing to build that relationship. Every person has habits that would be annoying to you. Think, would you like, would you still would you be still sharing the same bond when you see the dark side of a person? Okay. Now, I've talked to people, and they talk about their relationships and their partner, and, you know, they want to do this, and they want their partner. And I, I always ask them, can you, would, knowing what you know about that person today, could you accept them exactly the way they are without any changes? them not even changing just the person they are today. Can you accept that person and still be with that, that person? If you can, then you have a good prospect of, of that person maybe adjusting or you adjusting. Maybe there's some compromise. But if you can't accept that person as they are today, why are you in that relationship? You're not showing. That's not loving yourself or them by trying to figure out, well, they'll change or she'll change over time. I can influence her to change. She will, she'll get older or he'll get older and they'll change. And stop it. Just stop it right now. Ain't going to work. It's not going to work. If you expect people to change, that's not showing love because you have to accept them the way they are today. With leave them the room or the opportunity to change. Love is not being jealous. I like that. There is no room for jealousy or possessiveness in cases where true love is really there. Now, it's even in workshop places and work environments where you can become possessive about people and jealous because in this group, this person wouldn't talk to you or wouldn't involve you in a group. And so you become like really jealous of other people that are showing a little bit more favor in a group, right? Work, friends. So we have to be careful with that. Love doesn't hold on to jealousy. And again, we're back to a biblical principle here. Being too much involved can make the other person suffocated in, in a relationship. They need to be having an ex with whom they're understanding as a friend. So that's being, okay, I know what they mean by that. That was a little confusing sentence. Let's say 
you're starting a relationship and they communicate with their ex. Now, are you jealous of that ex? Or you do know that their relationship has changed and it's no longer a dying, it's no longer a romantic relationship. It's just a friendship. You know, I'm kind of friends with my ex-wife. I've never get back to her as a married partner or a love interest or whatever you can call it. No, never. Eh, I can be friends. We can talk about politics or other things, but no. Because we still have certain common interests. We just can't be married. Okay? I don't know if you accept that idea. Love is giving yourself a chance. I like that. Let me read this carefully here. Just because you both had a conflict and opinion about something doesn't mean things won't work out. Give yourself a chance. Your perception and your partner's perception may be different. Sometimes that book makes life exciting. One therapist once told us when I was dating somebody that we were engaged and we never got married, but celebrate your differences. Give the other person a chance. Maybe they'll come to appreciate what you do. Even in the work environment, you can always apply this to the work environment or your friends. You know, sometimes you have differences. Okay, accept the differences. Celebrate the differences and, you know, celebrate what you have in common. Celebrate your common interests. Celebrate where you, where you get along. And hopefully that's greater than what you don't get along on. You know, writing article on, would you ever date somebody if they dated a political candidate which you didn't like? Really? Would you do that? It's hmm. a good question. Or can you celebrate the differences? Can you still like that person and celebrate their good qualities? Or is the political thing just so overwhelming to you that you can never get along with them? Okay. Now, I know some people just can't date some people that don't aren't political, close to their own political persuasions, right? Love is not, love is stop expecting. I like this one. Stop expecting doesn't mean to give up on you. Do not expect your partner to do things exactly what you thought they would be, they would be done is not right. Your expectations in your relationships can be different from your partner's expectation of, of you. Re, respect the fact that they are different from you. And that kind of goes along with what I talked about earlier. The more you try to change a person and try to make them act according to you, the less attracted they will be with you. Attached they will be. Not attracted, attached. I'm sorry. Um, I'm thinking about work, and I was in the construction business a long time ago, many, many, and one of my bosses once said, there's two ways to carry a two-by-four. There's different ways to carry a two-by-four. There's different ways to pound a nail. So don't expect somebody in the job place, in the workplace, to do exactly the way you do it. If they can get it done, and if they do exactly what needs to be done within the same, relatively the same period of time, and the outcome is more than acceptable, don't expect them to do it differently. Don't expect them to do it like you do it, right? There's different ways to carry a board, carry a two-by-four, okay? Or different ways to pound a nail into wood. So celebrate them. Show love, but not expecting them to do things the way I want it done, right? Love is maintaining privacy. Not this is a Let's see how much time I have left here. I got about two minutes. Maybe we'll get through this one, and then we'll see. 
I think number six is even better. Love is avoiding misunderstandings. It's easier to have a misunderstanding when you have a conflict of opinion. Try to avoid it. Give a chance to let your partner put forth their point of view. If they are wrong, try talking to them about why you think they are wrong. Don't jump to conclusions and create a drama. You know, you, you see in the, the media, you know, people will make a statement and everybody jumps to conclusions without them completely expressing themselves and saying, oh, let me explain a little bit more about it. Ultimately, love is accepting the other person for who they are, encouraging your partner to achieve their dream and respecting each other in true love. True love is a divine feeling that gives us the feeling of being complete. I like that. True love is a divine feeling that gives us a feeling of being complete. It is worth fighting and take, making efforts for each other. Love is being there for each other and through thick or thin. Now, this is talking about relationships, romantic relationships, but it applies to a lot of different places. You know, the workplace, we have relationships in the workplace, right? So that's really an important place to avoid these misunderstandings. Really hear a person out. And maybe, maybe you don't agree. Okay, maybe you don't agree. But give them an opportunity. Okay, so we're almost out of time. This was fun. I enjoy doing this a lot. And, uh, and that's, as I said before, my mission really is to look at love as the healing energy for the, for the, for the planet. And I, I tied loving kindness with that, that acts of loving kindness. See, I think of the word love is not just an emotion, but it's an action word. Love to me is doing something for others, showing love, displaying love, doing love, loving things for other people, doing kindness for other people, appreciating other people, being grateful for other people in your life, all these beautiful terminology. So I'm almost out of time. I will be back on Wednesday. We'll do whatever we're going to do. But more about love, really, more about love. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Have a beautiful day.